Welcome to the KPMG Tax Now podcast. In this podcast, we explore some of the more complex matters across tax, economics, regulation, and compliance. Each month, we meet with KPMG's foremost experts and other special guests to unpack key issues faced by taxpayers around the globe. Hello, everyone. My name's Tim Keeling. I'm a KPMG transfer pricing partner based here in Sydney. I'm joined by Anna Sether, who's a Director of Solutions and Engineering at Insight Software. Anna, it's so good to meet you face-to-face. Thank you for joining us in person. Thank you, Tim. We've presented a little bit together digitally about operational transfer pricing, and now we get to spend about 10 or 15 minutes talking to each other and to the audience about operational transfer pricing, where it's at, where it's going, and how it's intersecting and and merging in with other tax developments around the world. I wanted to start just from your experience, Anna, about how has, in your experience, operational transfer pricing evolved, say, over the last five years with all of these developments in BEPS and and, uh, what I'll call, you know, the, the, the integration of the global tax function? Well, we're seeing a lot of transfer pricing departments going ahead and paying a little more attention into what they're doing with their operational transfer pricing, getting a lot more information, getting a lot more detail, having to pay a lot more attention in what they're getting in that detail and making sure that they bring everything to that same level. And with that, they're under a lot of scrutiny, making sure that they can support that information, provide the right level of detail of transfer pricing back, and report on that just in case of the audit, get that journal entry back, and make sure that everything is up to par for that audit in the end. So they want to make sure that their transfer pricing numbers are supported, they're following all the rules, and that everything is transparent in that detail and they know where their data is coming from and where it's going. So they're very keen on knowing on everything that's going on with all that information that they're getting and knowing how to go ahead and analyze it. And that pressure from tax authorities, I think it's it's increasing um, you know, in what I'll call the traditional area of inquiry from tax authority. But mm-hmm. you've also got this squeeze from two other areas. I think there's there's the ESG lens overlay and, and, and being seen to be doing the right thing and actually doing the right thing from, from a, a lens that goes beyond your traditional tax technical. Um, and then there's, I guess, the other um, elephant in the room, which is that finance functions and tax functions are expected to be leaner and to do more with less. Is that part of the, you know, what's happening here as well? Correct. Everyone's always expected to do more with less these days, and they have to analyze a lot more with a lot less people. There's less resources everywhere, and there's always the work-life balance aspect as well. So you have less hours to work, but more work that needs to be done in that time. So bringing all that together, there's one answer to everything, is bringing in software solutions to go ahead and help out with automation of it. OTP, I think everyone thinks about it as automation, and 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 you're a director in solutions and engineering, so I'm sure everyone says, "Give me the tech, let's make sure it works." Like just like give me the magic box, we'll put it in, and everything will be okay. Um, you know, when we've worked with Insight Software with clients, and when we've talked to clients together, um, you know, we, we always talk about operational transfer pricing being partly automation through which software like insights can help but there's also these other elements about you know process improvements erp system readiness and and governance 
how does automation just fit into there more broadly? And I guess, you know, to, to answer the question, to ask the question a little bit more bluntly, you know, where do you see it work really well when you're working with a client and bringing it in? And where does it often not work? Well, you always have to know where your data is coming from. And you always have to know that you can rely on your data, that it's good data that you're bringing in. And the other level of detail is, is what granular level of detail are you bringing in? Is it the same level of detail? And for transfer pricing, you're bringing it in from multiple ERP systems. Multiple countries might be different levels of detail, and they might provide it to you at different levels of detail, and you have to bring it all together. So what we see is that with the automation, they want to be able to bring it to different levels. Maybe some are bringing it a higher level, some are going ahead and bringing it down to a lower level, and they want to just bring it all into that same level of detail to go ahead and analyze. So we've learned with the software tool, we can go ahead and provide you with calculations, which is what we do. But we also have that flexibility to go ahead and make sure you can change up that data and move it around a little bit so you're getting that level of detail that you choose to see and adding in some additional calculations so you're able to go ahead and have that flexibility to fully analyze your transfer pricing data. And then on top of it all, we even go ahead and wrap around some analytical tools as well, just bringing in some additional software so you can have in those pictures to go ahead and add in visuals to go out and add in with your transfer pricing and analyze that detail too. So you've you've talked about um, some of the work you need to do to make sure it does work mm-hmm. uh, and then you sort of link to some of those key benefits in particular around um, the forecasting and the and the planning in real time that can happen. What are some other benefits that you see clients that, that clients may not be aware of? I think everyone just goes straight to time efficiency. They think I don't need to do manual adjustments if I bring in automated software. Forecasting is another thing that often provides a benefit. What are some other things that usually come that um, our listeners may not be aware of? Well, you still have to analyze your data. You still have to make sure that you're getting good data. You still have to make sure that the information you're getting from the accounting team, all the entries that they make, that transactional detail, that everything has been booked properly. So you still have to go ahead and do that human aspect of just making sure and the the checks to make sure that everything has been put in there. Um, But with automations, you can also add in additional rules to go ahead and make sure that a certain dollar amount, you can go ahead and flag it so that it is highlighted. So anything over that amount, you can flag it so you know to go ahead and analyze that data. Um, Or you can go ahead and do everything manually. Just look at it by person if you choose to. But it's all there within the system. Um, So you can go ahead and build in additional rules around that. But you do have to go ahead and analyze your data. That's still the human aspect that you need to go ahead and look at it. Because a computer can go ahead and look at all the data that you choose to. But the analysis and the thinking part, you still have to go ahead and do that. Yeah. I find with clients, and they they often when they are thinking about operationalizing some or all of their TP arrangements, it might come at the end of a very adverse experience. So they may have gone through an ATO or other tax authority review, which we may have helped them with, and it's been hard and drawn out because the issue of finding data, trying to um, understand maybe some manual calculations that were done on the fly in good faith in three or four years ago when people have moved on and left becomes really challenging. So you're often having this discussion around data and evidence as opposed to what the technical position is. You've got the technical position, now you're just trying to find that evidence that supported it it contemporaneously at the time. And so when people think of this, it's obviously, it's often coming at the end of an adverse experience. What would you say to listeners are some, so so I call that, you know, a, a, um, 
a tail indicator. <laughs> you know, it's happened in the past. It's, it's in the it's in the back. What are some leading indicators that that our listeners should be cognizant of when they're you know or warning alarm alarm bells, whatever you want to call it, to when they should be thinking about operational TP and saying, hey, maybe this is the right time. Where do those kick in from your experience? They'll know for themselves when they have those warning lights coming on. But the biggest ones, as always, you don't have to be reactive in transfer pricing. You can be proactive. You can do forecasting with it. And when you bring in a tool to go ahead and help you out with it, you can go ahead and get ahead of the game and you can see what's happening. So that even when you're working with countries where you can't make an adjusting journal entry afterwards, you can be proactive and take a look at that information in advance and forecast what's going to go ahead and happen so that way you can get ahead of the game and start making changes in advance so you can make those changes before something bad does happen. Mm -hmm. So you just want to go ahead and be more proactive from a transfer pricing perspective versus being reactive and worrying about what's going to happen or what changes need to be made. You just want to go ahead and become more proactive in that aspect. We've helped a number of clients um, implement operational TP, and that's often involved, you know, inside working with KPMG and, um, you know, us from a KPMG perspective, making sure that those things you talked about in terms of policy, process mapping, all makes sense as the, as the software gets implemented in and starts to work as effectively as it can from the beginning. Can you give our listeners just a little bit of a flavor? Um, and I know it's going to be different in terms of facts and circumstances about what the time series often looks like in terms of, you know, making the, from making the decision to say, yes, I'm going to use Insight Software for my OTP to having a, a go-live version. Because I do think there's often a fear when people think about a... Um, you know, somewhat of an IT transformation and, we, and when we're dealing with you know, tax folk who may not do that all the time relative to others in a business like finance and CFO, what, what, what can you tell them about how that time process often works? to go ahead and do implementations? Yes. Well, we do go ahead and make sure that we spend quite a bit of time during our implementation to make sure that the software tool is doing exactly what you want it to do. We don't just go ahead and say, okay, great, you signed up for the software, here you go, and you can start using it. We work with you to make sure it's set up the way that you expect it to do, it has the calculations that you'd like, out-of-box functionality is there to go ahead and do what you'd like to see it to do, but then it'll take you to that next level as well with the flexibility to add in those additional calculations. So we do spend more time up front with the implementation and the implementation partners will go ahead and do the same as well mm. to make sure that you have the parallel test run, that the data is coming in the way that you expect. Even if it's disparate sources and a lot of different levels of detail that's coming in, it's all coming in. It's coming into that level that you'd like to see it. The reports are coming at that level of detail that you'd like to go ahead and see it. You're getting those outputs that you choose to see. And then you have those parallel runs that are coming out as well. So it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Mm. And we're going to make sure you have that transparency to detail and be able to trace everything back as well mm -hmm. so that you always have that comfort of knowing, yes, I know where my information is coming from. This is my final result, but I can trace back exactly where my details came from. So it's a little bit more on the implementation side. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking years on the implementation side. It may be a few months. Yeah. It might be several weeks, depending on how good your data is. Yeah. If it's a lot more data, it could be several months. Um, and how much time that you have to put into it as well, because we do expect a little bit of assistance from your end so that you're letting us know that it's on the right track for implementation. My end or the customer's end? Or both? both. <laughs> just, just checking. Both. We'd like your <laughs> <as well. laughs> That's good to hear. Because um, I do think you know, a number of our clients think, oh, this is a change. It's going to take 
12 months or so? How does that look? And, and sometimes it's lost that, you know, a lot of this software, you know, is not about taking out an existing piece of ERP that the business already has, but working with it and sitting on top of it and taking the right data out, making the right um, adjustments, calculations, using that data, and then putting it back into the system. And, and that does allow for those parallel runs, right? Correct. And then with those parallel runs, even with the Longview platform on the transfer pricing side, it'll go ahead and provide you with the journal entry. You can even get an invoice that you can go ahead and just drop an invoice that you can use for customs purposes going forward. You have all that audit detail that's needed and all that information is located in one platform. You can even push that information back for book purposes so that journal entry is automatically done. You can even push it right back into the provision system, pillar two, all that information's in one location. That leads to my final question, Pillar 2. Um, we're seeing a number of countries now um, announce their legislation, pass their legislation. So Korea, Japan have now passed their legislation. We've got legislation released um, in the EU. Australia is going to go live. And most of these countries are, are going live around 2024, 2025. And so I think you know for the last two or three years, it's been there. But now it's starting to get a little bit more real, and and people sometimes might forget that Pillar Two is is based on a foundation that assumes all of your transactions are arm's length, that they're transfer pricing compliant. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know the way well Insights thinking about um, integrating and making sure that operational transfer pricing is talking to Pillar Two to make that what's going to be a new challenge for tax functions as fast and as efficient as possible? Well, since we are built on one platform at Longview, we did go ahead and work with our partners to go ahead and make sure that we were following the OECD rules. And we have the framework done for Pillar 2. We've been following all the guidelines and all the rules and keeping up with everything that's been coming out, all the commentary and the changes and and seeing who's been adopting it and seeing all the little, the little changes that are being made by different countries as they're adopting it. And what we've done is we've set up automations within the system because everything's already been built there between transfer price as well as our provision and reporting functionality. Mm. Um, so we've taken all of that data and basically built out the BEPS Pillar 2 functionality within Longview as well. So we have our, we just call it Pillar 2 functionality to go ahead and follow the OECD rules. You can go ahead and select the elections in there. You can set up your entities um, differently so that they're by jurisdiction so it can be separate from your transfer pricing entity structure that you have. And then it's doing all of your reporting that you need for Pillar 2 basically using the same type of data that you're using for transfer pricing, but just taking it into a different way and reporting it the way that the OECD expects, also based on the jurisdiction. So we had the skeletal framework already built out, and then just over the years, we've been keeping up with it and just building out the automations with it. So we're adding more and more as things keep evolving and changing. We're staying on top of it, um, but we already have the automations there, and and we see our customers asking, what do you have for Pillar 2? And Mm. they've been taking a look at it and they're liking what they see and they're signing up for it to go ahead and implement the BEPS Pillar 2 as well and moving on to the next phase and waiting for the final automations and the forms to come out now. Well, look, plenty moving in that space. And I know as the head of solutions and engineering at Insight, Anna, that you're going to be very, very busy continuing to evolve not only the Pillar 2 software, but the OTP offerings of Insight. Hopefully our audience has um, got a little bit more of an insight, if I can use that word, into um, how OTP works, the benefits of it, and what are the common challenges that 
tax functions need to overcome to move um, towards it. Um, but clearly there is a value to doing it in this current environment, which is only getting more and more challenging, where tax functions need to do more with less and where the public is um, looking for better understanding and more meaningful information um, from multinationals in general. So thank you for taking the time and safe travels back to Chicago. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for listening to another episode of the KPMG Tax Now podcast. If you'd like to ask us a question, please send us an email at kpmgtaxnow at kpmg.com.au. Be sure to subscribe at kpmg.com forward slash au forward slash tax now or follow our LinkedIn page, KPMG Tax Now Insights, for regular updates. That's all for now. We look forward to sharing more insights with you soon.